Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in blisteringly hot Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And in the church right now, if you were to walk into the sanctuary, you would see it all decked out in green as we begin the part of the church year which is known as either the time after Trinity, Trinity Tide, the season of Trinity, or Ordinary Time. With the Easter season now behind us in the church year, and don't mistake me, the cross and the resurrection are never behind us, but in the church year, it is behind us, our focus shifts to the lives of the saints on earth. Now that our Lord has ascended and the Spirit has been poured out on the church on Pentecost. So, what we're looking at is what does it mean to live our baptized lives of repentance before the cross while we are in this world waiting for our Lord to come again? This time after Trinity lasts from today to the last Sunday of the church year in November, and it keeps building until we celebrate on the last Sunday our Lord's return. So we have about six months of this time of the church year. And on this first Sunday after Trinity, we will hear about the rich man and Lazarus, the story that Jesus tells about them. And we'll hear from our Lord in this story about two very different ways, the way of life and the way of death. Now, teaching about the way of life and the way of death is a very ancient teaching in Christian catechesis. And at Christ the King, this teaching from Luke 16 about the way of life and the way of death is also our very first lesson in our adult catechesis or the final year of our youth catechesis as well. So we continue that tradition uh, of the ancient church. And so we'll be hearing about this in the sermon today. So we now turn to our Matins podcast, which begins with the hymn, I'm But a Stranger Here.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O Lord, I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Lord, I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. The Old Testament Lesson for the first Sunday after Trinity, is written in the 15th chapter of Genesis, beginning at the first verse. After these things, the Lord's word came to Abram in a vision, saying, Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, since I go childless? And he who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. Abram said, Behold, you have given no children to me, 
and behold, one born in my house is my heir. Behold, the Lord's word came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but he who will come out of your own body will be your heir. The Lord brought him outside and said, Look now toward the sky, and count the stars, if you are able to count them. He said to Abram, So your offspring will be. He believed in the Lord, who credited it to him for righteousness. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the first epistle of St. John, beginning at the sixteenth verse. Brothers, we know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and he who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this love, love has been made perfect among us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, even so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has punishment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who doesn't love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? This commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should also love his brother. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Now there was a certain rich man, and he was clothed in purple and fine linen, living in luxury every day. A certain beggar, named Lazarus, was taken to his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Yes, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The beggar died, and he was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his bosom. He cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in the same way bad things. But here he is now comforted, and you are in anguish. Besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, that those who want to pass from here to you are not able, and that no one may cross over from there to us. He said, I ask you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, so they won't also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if one rises from the dead. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are two ways, one of life and one of death. There is a great difference between these two ways. In Christ's story this morning, we see the two ways in two men who are merely feet apart in life, yet traveling vastly different paths. Our Lord tells us first of a rich man and his way. This man of great earthly wealth was always dressed in purple and fine linens, and for him every day was a day of bright, flashy feasts and celebration. If such a man were alive today, well, in today's terms, we'd see him dressed in only the most impressive, expensive, comfortable Armani suits, driving only the fastest Ferraris and Lamborghinis, out and about with only the most beautiful cover models, and keeping company with only the world's most elite. This is the type of man we see in the tabloids and the newspapers. This man not only has riches, but he is famous, well-known, and loved, and held in high esteem before men. And he'll do anything to remain highly praised by the culture. And we know that in our day, we know where the winds of culture are blowing and what such men need to do in order to remain righteous before other men. In this month, that means putting your company's logo in rainbow colors, putting rainbow colors on your Facebook page, or tying rainbow colors to your tree. Or it means just listing out and telling everyone your preferred pronouns. Or it means ringing the bell of climate change alarmism, no matter what the costs. Or it means throwing money at Planned Parenthood and supporting those who shout their abortion. Or it means supporting any self-proclaimed social justice cause. Even if it's neo-Marxist. Even if it means that at work, someone needs to do penance for the color of his skin, which he has no control over, which no one does. Such a man as this rich man knows nothing of his creator. He may not even believe in the creator, opting instead to worship at the altar of science. Now, not science as a good and useful tool to understand God's world and creation, but science as a religion, scientism, Worshipping man's own knowledge and reason. You see, such a man as this rich man doesn't actually care about others. He doesn't even care about the sick man at his own gate. No, he only loves himself. He only cares that he can do the things highly esteemed by men and be justified, be seen as righteous before them. He wants the applause. He wants the admiration. He wants the likes and the hearts on Facebook. Oh, sure, he'll feign mercy and patience and gentleness to get that righteousness before men. But only as long as he can celebrate his own lust, child sacrifice, and self-idolatry. The truth is, he doesn't care about his neighbor. He hates his neighbor. He uses his neighbor only to advance himself. And if his neighbor is a poor man at his gate who can offer him nothing, 
Such a neighbor is ignored. He turns a blind eye to him. He doesn't care if that neighbor dies. This is the way of the rich man. Now, this way is not defined necessarily by his riches or his fame. This way instead is defined by his trusting and loving only in himself. That is the first of the two ways that our Lord tells us about in this story. Our Lord then tells us of a poor man, Lazarus, and his way. Now, this poor man has nothing. He's capable of nothing. He's unable even to walk to the gate at the rich man's house. Instead, he has to be thrown there by others because his own body is covered head to toe in unbearable sores. If such a man were alive today, he'd be the sick man in our pews, the church member maybe unable to leave his home, or maybe it's the homeless man out on the street. He's clothed only in rags and his own nakedness, incapable of doing anything for himself, all alone, without wife or family, without friends or advocates, having only the company of stray dogs to comfort him. No such man would ever make the cover of a tabloid or the newspaper. At best, if he died, maybe he'd get a short notice of his death in the back of the daily paper. This man has nothing. No money, no clothes, no food. He is famished to the point where even mere crumbs off of the rich man's table would help to satisfy his deep hunger. He's not famous. He's not known by anyone, except as a nameless face to passerbyers on the street. Whereas no one held anyone higher in esteem than the rich man, likewise no one held anyone in lower esteem than this poor man. He was, to say it quite frankly, the scum of the earth, at least to many who saw him. This is not a man seeking the praise of men or pushing any social justice movement. In fact, this is the man which every social justice movement fails and ignores completely, no matter what his skin color would be, because he is not seen by the world as worthy to be helped or loved. Yet, such a man as this knows his Creator. He hears the word of the Scriptures. He loves his God. He hates no one, loving even his enemies, perhaps even praying for the rich man who despises him and gives him nothing. If we were to know such a man, it would be to know one who is gentle, patient, long-suffering, and merciful. If he had anything, he would probably give it to anyone who asks. And perhaps that is the reason why he has nothing here, is because he gave to all those that he felt were in need, loving them more than himself. This man is not greedy. In fact, he's far from it. Even as he sits at the gate, famished, as he sees the crumbs of food fall from the rich man's feasts, he never desires to try and steal anything from the rich man to satisfy his own bodily cravings. And the rich man has enough food, he wouldn't notice if the poor man would steal anything. But the poor man still, he doesn't. This is the way of the poor man. Now, this way is not necessarily defined by his poverty or nakedness or his illness. This way instead is defined by his hearing the word, by his fearing, loving, and trusting in his God and loving his neighbor. 
This is the second of the two ways that our Lord tells us about in this story. Again, there are two ways, one of life and one of death. And there is a great difference between these two ways. You've now heard the ways described by our Lord, the way of the rich man and the way of the poor man. Now, which one is the way of life and which one the way of death? We know how the world would answer, and deep down, we also now know how our flesh answers this question. Our flesh sees nothing of life in the poor man. Our world and our flesh find no value or praise in suffering. In fact, our, the world and our flesh only see foolishness in this man's suffering and willingness to live by an ancient word as he is dying. On the other hand, the world and our flesh see only life in the man who seems to be living life on top of the world. Because who here wouldn't love to be held in high esteem among the world and be praised by all men, regardless of what we would sacrifice for it, even if it means wickedness, cruelty, and hardening our hearts toward God and our neighbors? The world and our flesh have its answer. The rich man is the way of life. The poor man is the way of death, but that's because the world and our flesh only see what our physical eyes can see, and they are both rather short-sighted. Because Christ continues his story, and in his story we begin to see the ways of both the rich man and the poor man play out in their deaths. In death! Lazarus continues to be ignored by the world, perhaps not even being buried. But he's not ignored by God, because the angels are quick to immediately carry him off to heaven, to the bosom of Abraham, where he could feast at the greatest of banquets. In death, the rich man is buried, his name quickly forgotten by the world that esteemed him and never known by God above. And so much was his name forgotten that his name is never actually mentioned in this story. And as he is long forgotten, he finds himself tormented in Hades. As the rich man looks up, he sees Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham and cries out for Abraham to send Lazarus with even the tiniest crumb of water to cool his tongue in the flame. Which takes some nerve when you think about it that the man you hated and saw die from famine at your gate, to ask him to come and help you now. But that's what he does, only to be told by Abraham that what he sees is God's right and just judgment, and that an uncrossable chasm separates them now. So the rich man decides to try and play God, desiring to have a person rise from the dead and to send him with a message to warn his brothers of the torment of hell. By this, the rich man believes he can save his brothers, only to be told by Abraham that Moses and the prophets will suffice to be heard, and without them, his brothers would never believe someone risen from the dead. There are two ways, one of life and one of death. There is a great difference between these two ways. But these ways are not what the world makes of them or what or what our flesh desires from them. 
They are as Christ describes them here. The way of the rich man is the way of death. The way of the poor man, Lazarus, is the way of life. And why is there such a difference in these two ways? Such that one way leads to a feast at the bosom of Abraham, and the other leads to the torment of the grave. Well, the difference is this, where Abraham says in the story, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. You see, the way of the rich man despises and hates the divine scriptures of Moses and the prophets, the evangelists and the apostles. The way of death sees Christ as the rich man saw poor and sick Lazarus. The way of death sees the stripes of Christ and looks down on them. It sees Christ raised up on the cross and despises him, blasphemes him, mocks him. The way of death sees the blood pour out of Christ and spits in his face. The way of death sees nothing good in Christ. It sees on the cross only a worm, not a man, a worm that it considers to be the scum of the earth. The way of death sees Christ breathe his last and wants him sealed in the tomb forever. Those like the rich man hate the truth. They harden their hearts to the scriptures. And they harden their hearts so much to the scriptures that they're completely ignorant of them. If you want to see the complete ignorance of the rich man, look at him when he thinks that the resurrection of Lazarus will save, while he completely misses that the scriptures, Moses and the prophets, point to an even greater resurrection which justifies. But such is the blindness, ignorance, and death of one who trusts only in himself and seeks to be justified by men. Such a way as this seeks the glory of the world and then is left without hope in suffering. This is the way of death. Yet the way of the poor man Lazarus hears and loves Moses and the prophets, the evangelists and the apostles. The way of life sees Christ himself in the suffering of those that walk in this way. The way of life sees the stripes of Christ and sees its salvation. It sees the marks in the hands, side, and feet of our Lord, and it wants to live in those ways, in those marks. The way of life sees the blood pour out of Christ and worships him who has poured out himself for us. The way of life sees Christ breathe his last and knows that in Christ's death our sins have been defeated. It sees Christ's resurrection and sees that we have been justified. The way of life sees the grave and holds on to the hope of the resurrection. Those like the poor man suffer with hope in Christ. So much so that this poor man looks to his hope in Christ's resurrection and then is willing to suffer all in this life, whether it's the derision of the world, shame, poverty, illness, hunger, death. It suffers all those things to cling to his Savior in faith. Such are the eyes of faith of the one who believes from hearing the word 
and remains in the word. He trusts only in Christ and seeks to be justified only by him. Those who walk in this way of the Spirit find themselves beginning to be made holy in the waters of baptism, where sanctified by the Spirit, they begin to be formed in the image of Christ crucified and strengthened to endure in the world which hates them. Those who walk in the way of the Spirit love to hear the word of God in the gathering of the church and find in the center of their lives the body and blood of our Lord at the altar, where in the Eucharist we are strengthened to endure in this faith. We are strengthened to endure through derision, shame, poverty, illness, hunger, and even death. Such a way as this way of life seeks the glory of God while suffering with hope in this world. Because after the suffering comes the glory of God. This is the way of life. There are two ways, one of life and one of death. There is a great difference between these two ways. So then, may we always remain in the word. May we always strive for lives of repentance in our baptism. May we always strive for holiness while being strengthened in the supper. May we always strive for the way of life, even through all suffering. Lord, help us. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, 
and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O God, the strength of all them that put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without you, grant us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, 
the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
does it for our Matins podcast this morning. Thank you, as always, for all you that join us. We'll be back next week with the second Sunday after Trinity, where we will hear from our Lord, where he tells the story of the Master sending out the banquet invitations from Luke 14. All music in this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.